Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she is a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney. And Doug, I am so excited because we have a really fun episode today. This is a big one for us. Been looking forward to this one. But before we have some thank yous we got to do, we have a new Patreon. Yes, yes, Welcome to the Rope Drop community, Cody Kranz. Thank you so much for supporting the show, getting all the bonus content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ordered mm-hmm. koozies, so uh, our big donors are getting koozies, Doug. That's exciting. Things will stay cool now. Yes, Before absolutely. Drinks are sweating, dripping. The summer's coming. It's koozie season, folks. And if you want a Rope Drop Radio koozie, go onto our Patreon page. It's in the show notes. Give that a click and check it out. And thank you so much for all of our Patreons who support the show. All right. Now we have a couple iTunes reviews, but we're going to read one today as we're catching up on those. And this is the part of the show where I mispronounce usernames. Magic for the Rest of the Year by M. Feagley0769. So I'm thinking they must be born in July of 69. That's the only explanation. Summer of 69. That's a good song. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe that's it. So be careful with your usernames because we will try to figure out what they mean. All right. So here's the review. Absolutely love these guys. Just found the podcast and I am hooked. We took our son to the WDW for the first time last year and it totally awakened the Disney fan in me. Now I'm in total. How do we get back there mode? And the tips, tricks, perspectives and reviews in this podcast are fantastic. Planning on going back in the podcast archives to listen in my car as I do a lot of driving. Don't worry. I'll start in the forties. Oh, Keep thank up, you guys. so yeah, much. Right? So she clearly listens. All right. Keep it up guys. Great work. Thanks for keeping the magic alive. So thank you for the review. Thank Thanks for starting so the forties. Cause our very first episode, Derek, we talked about cruise planning and did I ramble enough that it was one episode? No, no, we had that two. two. That was, it was awful. Don't go back to that because we're going to do a better cruise episode. We've done better cruise episodes. We've, I've actually been on cruises since then. That was three years up. ago. We had not, I hadn't yeah. even experienced. Now I've experienced multiple DCL trips. And so there's our segue, Derek. That's a good segue. How many days away are you from your European DCL cruise, Doug? Um, We're like 56, 50, something like that till we head to Europe. That's a lot closer than my like 600 days till my next DCL uh-huh. cruise. Now, Doug, when I really am missing Castaway Key and all the Disney magic that the cruise has to offer, I have a few things I like to do, and I know you do too. And one of them is go online and read the Disney Cruise Line blog. Yes, yes. That's a great way to pass the time between cruises. It is. And so I'm really excited that we are joined by the creator of the Disney Cruise Line blog and podcast. Welcome to the show, Scott Sanders. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Doug and Derek. Great well, to be thank, here. Thanks for joining us. We're real excited to talk to you. And uh, let's just start out with your website's been an invaluable tool for me planning Absolutely. over the years. I don't know how many hours I've spent looking at old navigators, trip reports, that sort of thing. So when and why did you start your blog? Well, first, thank you <laughs> for checking it out. Appreciate that and all those hours you've spent on the site. Oh, geez. I guess the site, it didn't start then, but it kind of got the early idea of something began back in 2010 when we first started taking our daughter on cruises. She was old enough and we started going. Uh, was really getting into photography at the time. I was posting a lot of photos to Flickr, to message boards and the like, and active in those kind of things. And 
as the time went on, I spent more time on Disney related cruise forums and sharing more photos that I'm like, you know, this website stuff seems interesting. You know, I want to try it out. Then I don't know, I think sometime mid 2012, I was just sitting on the couch one night and I was like, I checked the URL was available or the domain was available. So I was like, I just bought it and then kind of tinkered with it from there. I understand that what it's the, like to buy yeah. a website domain, but then for us, not doing anything with it for a year. <laughs> yeah, we buy it, just sat on it. We did not buy the one we should have, though, Derek. No, we? we lost no, out we on failed. Rope Drop Radio. That no. was available, and then uh, it <laughs> disappeared us on us. And that, like, yeah, it. it's like yeah. two grand for it. So www.ropedroppers.com, that's ours. But I really do love your uh, website. It's, it's great to go to. I like seeing what the temperature is and Castaway and... Uh, all the tips and tricks you have on there. What are some of the key features of your site you'd like to share with our listeners to uh, drive them there? Not right now. Listen to the whole show <laughs> and then go check out the blog. You know, there are a few things that are just kind of underlined that don't really get much light of day, if you will, because I've built them in for one thing or another. But, you know, I've got historical itineraries back to day one, back to January or I'm sorry, July 1998. And it, to the best of my abilities, I've kept, tried to keep them accurate. Obviously, when I was loading old stuff, it was based on what I could find. Uh, the inter- the Wayback Machine was invaluable resource trying to find old press releases, old you know documents from the early days of the cruise line of what itineraries were announced in that. And then I, I try to keep updated if you know cruises change ports or in that thing. So. Just try to be a good historical record of what each ship has done to date. We've got stateroom reviews, a place for stateroom reviews, a place for port adventure reviews, which, you know, it's not the, again, it's not out in the open. It's it's there. If you know, if you're browsing around, you might stumble upon it, but that's kind of sitting there lurking in the background that uh, you just need to push a little more, let people know about it some more. I've got, menu menus are a very popular part of the site. Mm-hmm. I know you were yep. talking about you check out the navigators a lot, but menus are another popular because people love to eat when they go on cruises. I knew what oh, I wanted way. to eat before I even <laughs> boarded. That's right. And uh, we've got, let's see, I allow people to submit links to various, uh, say a Facebook cruise meet group. Uh, Cause we have all the sale dates you can go to get, you know, kind of, more information, what day you're going to be in which port, and you can submit a link to, you know, say there's a forum that doesn't like Facebook posts, mm-hmm. you know, cross It's kind of like the cross-reference area, if you will, to allow people to submit links or even helpful links. You know, you find a place or a port adventure or an excursion operator in Tortola that you really like, you can put a link up to it. I'm fairly open as long as you're not essentially trying to get free advertising. <laughs> if, yeah. So it's it's pretty open. I, w- I want people to you know, be a live resource, a dynamic resource that can help others out. And, uh, I've got something else on the way. I, I've, I teased it a while ago. It's, I haven't really released it. I've got a test group going on right now of people where you can sign it, where you can create an account and track your cruises. And it gives you a lot of statistics on where you've been, what kind of cruises you've gone on a lot, stuff like that. But that's, it's, I'm still working on it. It's not, it's, Note to self, go on more cruises. Got it. <laughs> well, I'm actually part of that test group. I happen to be on Twitter at the right time to, to message and get in on it. And it's pretty cool. It shows like how many times you've been to Castaway and like lists all of your ports, the days at sea, the, the ship itineraries that we've done, both past and future. And even my placeholder is on there, so I can, like, see the reservation number for my placeholder. I mean, you submit it in, but it's great to have it all in one place. Really nicely organized graphics. It shows me how close I am to platinum, but not quite there yet. Um, Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to it when it's full-fledged and you're ready to get it going. It's amazing. Even the – I had to, you know – do due diligence because you asked for feedback so i had to count up my number of days in castaway and it was correct because we were on the inaugural star wars day at sea sailing that did not get into castaway with lots of teary-eyed children and adults on the ship for a day while we looked at castaway in the rain so and it yeah <laughs> you even had that update in the itinerary so that's pretty impressive so yeah, kudos that, 
Thank you. That's part of the reason I try, you know, I, I strive to try and update it, but it's, if I don't notice it, if I don't, somebody doesn't, Hey, we didn't make it kind of thing, or this changed. It's, you know, I'm not always paying attention. What are some of the more challenging things that you have to deal with about doing the blog? A lot of it comes down to time, uh, dedicating the time or the time, you know, splitting that vacation time up to between or defining vacation time versus time I want to dedicate to like doing those daily trip logs while on the cruise and semi real time, uh, given, you know, depending how things are going, they get lagged behind. A lot of it comes down to just balancing time, you know, family time, vacation time dedicated towards cruise, you know, the website time. So it's just kind of juggling that balance. To, so it's not what you call like a job. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not, not a requirement, not, you know, breathing down your neck kind of thing. You know, I've got one of those. I don't need another one kind of thing. Very true. But do you yeah. enjoy writing your trip reports? I do. you find some joy in that as you're doing it? I do. I do. It's it's fun. I, I've learned some things by doing it that I don't do anymore. I'm a little less critical at times because people are reading it and they may or may not have come up to me at dinner before. They're dress whites. So <laughs> I, I don't, that's not what I'm, that's not my agenda. So yeah. I... I've toned things down or left out names or specifics of certain things and just made of put that in an end and a wrap up kind of thing because I'm, I'm not on the cruise to, you know, write about a negative, not negative, but, a, you know, something to happen because I want them to immediately correct it or come to me kind of thing. That's not a, that's just not what I'm doing. So there's things like that. It's kind of learn as you go. I will say. It, you do your trip reports pretty much like next day, right? Mm -hmm. When you're cruising and, uh, it was 2017. I went on Alaska, a five night Alaskan cruise. And so you guys had been planning one. You did a podcast about planning for your Alaskan, which mm -hmm. at the time we were planning. I'm like, well, this is great. And then it happened. You guys were on the Alaskan cruise right before us. So my children were reading your blog. Um, looking forward to what they got to do. Of course, you did like the nine or 11 or I don't know how many nine nights. nights. Nine nights. So they were all excited about Glacier Bay and Juno and like, sorry, guys, we're doing five. We're going to Skagway and that's it. But uh, so that was pretty impressive. Like literally reading what you're like, oh, the magic was here. Like as we're flying to Seattle, as we're on the train to Vancouver. So that was pretty cool and very appreciated as we were getting on the ship as you got off. Some itineraries are a lot easier to do it than the other just because of the delay or like Europe, you're in bed. You're doing a lot of stuff for Alaska. Everybody's going to bed when you're ending your day. So it's mm -hmm. not as, it's a little more relaxing in terms of trying to get it out. I'm kind of tuned into that East Coast time. So that's usually the, when I get posts up and kind of stuff, it's based on East Coast time zone, you know, times. So when you're in Alaska or Europe, it's a little more laid back because you know, you're not, you might be posting at three in the morning back on the East coast versus it's true. Mm -hmm. yeah, Very it's, true. In our trip reports, it's a lot of going to bed early, not doing much in the night or go to bed early, but really I'm sitting in bed typing while everybody else is asleep. Do you have a movie playing while you're typing at least? Uh, not necessarily a movie, but, Often music in the headphones. Yeah. yeah, I can't watch a movie uh, and type. What? I get distracted by the movie. That's right. true. I would never get the po the post done if that's I. That's why we that's, do a podcast, Doug. We we can talk. Yeah, I would <laughs> never. No I'm a involved. horrible, horrible blogger. Uh, go read our blog. It's uh, wonderful, but I'm a horrible blogger. It takes me like a month to write. I'm a post. still working on our cruise trip report, and that was back in February. Oh, you're still doing that? I just figured it was done. Oh like, yeah, done. It's, not gonna happen. It will happen done. eventually. Before our next cruise. <laughs> <laughs> That's not saying a lot. All right. Well, let's segue into some recent uh, changes, some Disney Cruise Line news, tips, tricks, that sort of stuff. Um, so one big part, like we've mentioned already, is the Navigator page, where people will scan the Navigator, send them to you, post them. You can go back years. I mean, it's an amazing archive. If you haven't checked it out and you're going on a cruise, you've already failed not to cruise correctly, in my opinion. So with the recent changes of paper navigators becoming increasingly difficult to find, what, what's your take on where this is heading? I think it 
may have reached the point now that this is the new normal. They're not obviously not being delivered to your staterooms. I'm okay with that. People like the app. People like the paper. Uh, when we did, when I kind of threw it out there in a poll, it was heavy favor between I want to use, I want paper, and mm-hmm. I'll supplement it with the app. Uh, there were a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there was a small percentage that they were happy with just the app. So there's a lot of you know different people, but the, yeah. I think it was over 90% of people either wanted the wow. paper or the paper and the app together. What I'm hearing now is it's finally available to just go to guest services and grab yourself. Okay, versus, that's good. Because in the beginning, it was kind of like, you know, or change it, it's gone. You've got to beg for one, is what it, some people were telling me. Uh, like in our, cru- our recent cruise, we had to actually just stand in line and ask every day. So what I'm hearing now is I even heard somebody on the fantasy right now this week said they're just out as they used to be at guest services and the little uh, brochure mm-hmm, little rack, rack. Yeah. self-service right racks. So, you know, but once they're gone, they're gone. They're not, I don't think they're making printing too many of them. So it's kind of first come first serve. And that's fine. Cause the mm-hmm. people that want them know where to go get them. But I know just talking to people writing the article I did, there were a lot of people that are like, and even my wife, she puts her phone away when we get on the cruise. Yeah. I mean, she might have it out. I think the last cruise, she, it was a seven-night cruise, she took three photos on her phone. And oh, those wow. might have been on embarkation day. So she's one that, going on a cruise, it's cruise vacation. We put our stuff away. Obviously, I'm a little different because I'm at least walking around with a camera. Or if I don't have a camera, I have my cell phone with me just because I have it for a one-off photo if something comes up. You know, bloggability, can't just be left with well this cool thing happened but i don't have a photo <laughs> that you really yeah. want to see so but you know i've tried using the app i i'm still a fan personally of the piece of paper in my pocket my my daughter doesn't have a device on the cruise that she uses so the piece of paper in her pocket and her little purse and it's just easier especially when you're at the pool so yeah if, if this new normal that it's available for those who want it without too much of a headache. It's fine. I applaud them for getting rid of paper because I had a lot of people saying that we just threw them in the trash every night. Oh, so, gotta take those home with you. That's a souvenir. To that, that they're wasting a lot, and a lot of people don't care. So, I I applaud them for getting rid of it. I originally it wasn't cool that it was like just gone. You have so many people that this is what they know. This is how they cruise, and now you've taken mm-hmm. away, and you're saying you must use the app. It's it's yeah. a, little, a little hard to, you know, transition to that. So I've for, even, oh, go ahead. I've even had people on the Dream say we didn't even know they were paper navigators. You yes. know, first time cruisers sailing on the Dream because they got rid of them. They hid them for anybody, the non-initiated, if you will. And people are like, we didn't even know those were a thing. Yeah, it'd be so easy to miss some things without the paper navigators. I think because in the the app form, you have to like go into each category, really look. Mm-hmm. Like you got to kind of know what you're looking for. With the paper, everything's laid out in front of you. For those that are listening that are like, what on earth is a navigator? Um, It's a daily itinerary. It shows all the different activities, the hours of the pool, the hours of the restaurants, the hours of, you know, guest services, all that sort of stuff. Character meeting greets, where at, what time, things like that. That's what a navigator is, yeah. And ultimately what's very valuable is the grid view on that Mm -hmm. navigator. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. So you can see what things overlap with others visually without yes. having to jump around. Because a lot of stuff, unfortunately, does overlap. You might want to go to one activity, but, you know, somebody in your party's got to leave five minutes early to get to the next place to get you get the family a seat so you can start the next one on time. That is how our family operates for the entire cruise is run and run, run. I think if they put the grid view in a PDF type format into the app that you could open, I think that would make me a lot happier maybe i don't know maybe i'm just old and grumpy i I, i'm also old and grumpy so millennials (laughs) and their cell phones and eight-year-olds having phones on the ship my kids are just excited because they have some old phones they'll use as ipods on the cruise now Mm -hmm. that they can text us that way rather than carrying around a wave phone because we have three kids, not enough wave phones, and I don't want to rent extra ones or whatever. I mean, come on. Uh, they're all bound to lose them. So now they, they text like 50 emojis. It's like I can see my future. My 13-year-old <laughs> just doesn't communicate. My 11-year-old 
will tell me like every time he like takes a step out of a room down a hallway like this kid looked at me like every detail and then my nine-year-old will send me like 37 emojis and then 10 minutes later 20 emojis it's just wonderful being a parent this is why my <laughs> kids don't have phones yet on the cruise but i'm pretty sure our next one we might get there yeah. where at least one of them has i do love the app for that i mean it's got the navigator yeah. it's got the texting thing it's I, that app is a lot better to me than the uh my disney experience app oh we we do take an old iphone ourselves so our daughter can have the ability to keep us up to date on things when we kind of split up. Here's a great tip. When you're using the text feature or the chat feature, we always add it at our own timestamp in the message. If it's important, Ooh, like, oh, that's nice. Because we can open them. If you don't, it's not the timestamps in the app or when you, mm. when you receive that message. Yeah. yeah so when if somebody safe. said, oh, I'm going to, you know, cabanas at seven 30 in the morning, we'll meet you there. But to at one thirty, you pick it up. You're like, okay, we're going to Cabanas for lunch all of a sudden. So, mm. like, that's smart. We've, we've done it enough to find that this is kind of the band aid thing that we need to do for at least for our family, so we don't end up going in two separate direct- directions at times. Yeah, because the alerts don't always work unless the app is like open and running. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to periodically open it to see if you've gotten any messages. That is, it's one like weak spot i would say right. and otherwise I, it works good. i've talked with the connected seat desks before the representative the, the representative at the connected seat desks before and they're aware of it they're trying but you know it's technology everybody's got yeah. different devices everybody's got different setups so yeah that's yeah. they want that... it to work <laughs> the goal is to get it to work but it's one thing they're pushing those messages to the wave phones which is nice mm. Now that they're pushing messages about your laundry is done, if you're doing laundry on the cruise, oh. that your dryer or washer is done, come get it. So, uh, I like that. All. The laundry part or the pushing the notifications there? Notifications. And la- I don't do laundry. I have a hard enough time doing laundry at home, let alone on a trip. But let's move away from the app a little bit. We got some more questions and some more things on the horizon. And let's talk about... A rumor that is not a rumor anymore. It is a true no, thing. Very much not it, a rumor. It is, but do we, I don't know if we know if it's called, but Disney acquired a second private island. What do you know, Scott, about this? It's legitimate. Iger mentioned it. So it's now paperwork contracts have been signed with the government. Uh, Disney's actually ownership of the southern, this parcel on the southern tip of Eleuthera in the Bahamas it's let's see march 7th is when they signed a heads of agreement with the bahamas heads of agreement is kind of what the uh it's the contract between disney and the government to say this is what we intend to do this is what we're going to do for the bahamas this is what we expect out of it and all that the contract with the government to make sure to get things going forward so everybody's happy except for those that are unhappy that there is cruise development in that area because there's been a lot of pushback, even leading up when the rumors first started coming up that uh, Disney was looking at another island destination. So it's it's in the works right now, is my understanding. I just saw I just read an article that they're working on the environment environmental impact assessment, which is part of the heads up heads up agreement that no work can even begin until that's fine until that assessment is complete and. You know, everything's been more or less greenlit by those that need to, uh, by the parties, the environmental parties that are overseeing kind of these things. In the document, they're expecting up to four years of development, potentially opening in 2023. Okay. Uh, estimated cost of $250 million, which is oh, what I recently... Well, well, Sounds no, like a bargain. Well, that, yeah. is just, that is just what they're anticipating the peer to cost. Oh. Oh. Okay. Wow. Never mind. All right. <laughs> so it's 250 million up to 400 million is kind of the numbers that are being thrown about in the uh, these dot. We got the I was able to get a copy of the entire heads up agreement. Nice. With all the details, and I'm sure I I tried to go through and summarize it, but I'm sure I missed some of it. <laughs> some of the interesting stuff. And this is kind of yeah. like a peninsula sort of situation, yeah, it's, right? Right. Right. It's just it's. You know, it's it's a land-based, it's a much larger island uh, that it's just the southern tip. Disney is 
giving a portion of the land back to the government for uh, like a, a natural nature preserve and public okay. lands, if you will, that cannot be developed there also. It's similar to Castaway Key, they've they agreed not to develop or overdevelop or so they've kind of gone out there that they're going to be environmental stewards on this project. And because there's a lot of environmental pushback and environmental groups trying to, you know, put up a competing bid for the property at the time before the Bahamas actually gave Disney the green light to go ahead and make the purchase of the land, uh, which happened. Uh, I can't even remember the date, but that was kind of the first thing. And, so it's it's moving forward. Is this going to be a clone of Castaway Key, or do you think this is going to be one up like you're seeing with Royal Caribbean's new island, with all the it, slides and with a remodel yeah. of their island or remodel? Yeah, with all the slides and uh, all the fun stuff they have. Given that they've kind of you know the environmental consci- conscious mm-hmm. route and saying low density development. Uh, at least what you read, it seems like similar, you know, pathways, boardwalks, uh, structures that you see at Castaway Key. Nothing major like uh, Royal Caribbean's recent development. Pour a whole uh, bunch of cement and throw up some slides. Because that, I mean, that's yeah, that would be that a big definitely impact. doesn't doesn't sound like a low density development mm-hmm. once no, you put that, in all that concrete and steel. That makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. They are maintaining a you know public area for locals you know, public beach area and access. Actually, the access to the, there's actually an old lighthouse. You know, it is Lighthouse Point. There's an old lighthouse and the schools have gone to visit such over the years. They are maintaining that to be kind of part of the public access areas. So there, it'll be interesting to see what happens given that it's a land-based, you know, more of a land-based port of call for Disney, private land-based port of call given... The road access, it opens up, you know, day trips, you know, day excursions elsewhere via land, like any other Caribbean port of call you could go on. There's a lot more opportunities versus just kind of the beach day or, you know, aquatics day off boats at Castaway Key. Yeah, that that is interesting. There will be more options. I will bet money there's going to be way more cabanas, but that's... We hope so. <laughs> That's just would print money for them, more cabanas, because, you know, let's be honest, there's not enough and the demand is high. Right. So um, that's my only thought is for sure, more cabanas. So, yeah, I'm excited about the new island. Can't wait to uh, dip my toes in the water. At, is it Lighthouse Point? Is that what it's currently called? Or Lighthouse yeah, Key? That is Lighthouse Point is what it, you know, it's been referred to by the locals, by the Google. <laughs> so surely we'll we'll get some imagineered backstory with a new name at some point, right? Potentially. potentially. I, given, I don't know. Given the fact that all potentially the the lighthouse is maintained, being going to be preserved and maintained, and you know, and stuff like that. I'd imagine lighthouse would probably stay in the name at okay. least. It's it's a focal point of the property. You know, so right. it would seem logical to. You know, keep it here because the other thing they're kind of talked about in the same kind of way they did in Alani, worked with the locals to kind mm-hmm. of bring in the local uh, perspective and the buildings and the culture or the events and everything they do there. That was the, also the talk that they want to do here with this property with the local okay. Baham- Bahamian influence and, you know, bring their culture to, you know, share like that. So cool. Seems like you'd, that would be a key point that they want to maintain for local. Excellent. Well, now that we have more island to visit, there's new ships on the horizon. Uh, three, in fact. So what do you think might be in store for the Disney fleet? If you had to imagine where things are going once these ships are in service, what do you think's coming down the road? Well, it, the groundwork has already been laid for potentially a year-round dream class ship in Miami. Uh, they, they've already worked, there's talks with the Miami-Dade County to build a, their own cruise terminal down there, and part of that was a year-round ship, sailing five, five, and four nights. So oh, cool. Ships probably, at least two of the three new ships going to Port Canaveral, based on what Port Canaveral's been saying in their meetings. And that wouldn't, you know, 
free up the dreamer fantasy to move down to South Florida where will they keep three, you know, two new ships and, you know, say the fantasy out of Port Canaveral. It's hard to say, you know, it's, there's a lot of opportunity, especially when you start moving the magic and wonder around, they can do some pretty cool itineraries from other ports. Uh, sounds like Galveston's kind of becoming a favorite. Same with San Diego, you know, in the off season when not in Alaska, Obviously, yeah. they're not they're not going to give up going to Alaska. Everybody loves Alaska. Europe, yeah. Europe's you know full of opportunity as well. I, I've always heard Asia, but that's always been talk for years. But you never know. Could you see the Magic winding up staying in in Europe year round potentially, or maybe just coming back for a tiny little bit just to get the transatlantic sailings in? You know, it's hard. It's it's hard. I. I think anything's possible and I don't think anything's really been decided. Maybe just kind of penciled in. This is kind of a idea. Let's see how things fall into place. I've, I've kind of stopped or stopped myself from speculating too much because I don't want to get something mm-hmm. in my head and be like, Oh yeah. Or, or start saying, well, this is, this is going to happen. And you know, I'm backtracking out of it two years from now. Like, Oh, I just made, I just, it was just my thought. So the potentials there, you can, you've seen it over the last four, I mean, five, 10 years where not five, 10 years, but since the dream and fantasy have come mm-hmm. online, they've taken the magic and wonder and spotted out different locations, you know, around the world, really, not, you know, between here in Europe and Alaska, they've mm-hmm. gone to the Southern Caribbean a lot more, you know, they've gone up to Canada and Quebec city, you know, that those routes, They've gone, you know, out of New York, Bermuda's now yeah. in the mix. So it's that's and that's a good one, by the way. You know, I highly recommend that Bermuda cruise. Now they're trying out New Orleans coming up next year. Those sold out quick too. Yeah, they so sold they, out, but and then there's then there's available. available. <laughs> yeah, people. When it came time to pay, some people are like, yeah, maybe not. Because one of them just showed up as a, I think, a Canadian resident right this week. Interesting. So, all right. Any uh, ideas or guesses on what maybe the name or a name for any of the three ships will be? You know what? I wrote an article when I I was fairly confident at the shareholders meeting that they were going to announce at least a name or make an announcement about a ship. Instead, they ruined Derek's vacation. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, they did. It ruined and <laughs> With that announcement. Won. Yeah. Ruined and made it wonderful all at the same time. Uh, yeah, but... you can't wait to be waking up at midnight to go stand in line for Star Wars now. Didn't have that on the list, but we'll be there. Right. One hey, last we're... quiet family vacation, Derek. Yes, that's not, yeah. Uh, now I'm wishing I was on a cruise instead. I, I've got a pending draft on the site about a name announcement from March 7th that I was already to post. <laughs> there you go. It's a teaser. Watch the site. I've even got my the Vegas know, placeholder. Na- I've even have my placeholder names up there, but I'm, you know, it could be anything. There are a lot of names that have been floating around for years. Yeah. They were referred to in the at least the documents from Port Canaveral, right, or the shipyardist yeah. uh, Triton class. Yeah, Disney Triton is what was listed on one of the drawings, and I immediately kind of tossed that off as not calling the ship. Yeah. Disney Triton, it doesn't really fit. No, it does not. But a Triton class, a Trident, three prongs, you know, three yeah, ships, it, that sense. kind of fit more in line. So, I, you know, at least when I talk about it, I call it Project Triton is the group. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's you know sense. an internal project name, I cl- you know, before they start naming ships. Officially. I just I just want one ship named the Imagination and I want Figment hanging off. That, oh, that'd that, be a great, that's, that's a million dollar We need Figment idea. all over. Imagination is one of the three, along with Adventure and Believe, that I have okay. written and written good. already. Makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. I don't know. Somebody told, me one, somebody told me one, a long time ago that they wouldn't double up the same initials. So Wish is kind of not potentially oh, an option. Oh. I think that it's going to be XL, like the XL park. It's going to be the Disney <laughs> XL. The turkey they, leg, they, they, the churro, all the Hollywood the Studios uh, names that they're throwing out there really the were uh, yeah, Cinemagic. That's going to be the next ship. That was all tests. They're just using the Hollywood Studios as a way to get the right new uh, Disney ships. Well, Iger had that Disney Marvel cruise ship 
tweet a while back. Mm-hmm. It was all over that. Marvel, Marvel this, just... Marvel that, Marvel yeah. everything. I like the it. Disney Marvel, the Miz- Disney Star Wars, <laughs> and the Disney Fox. All I know is I need to go on all four of the originals before the new three yeah. come out. You got a couple more to get there. I, I got two more to get. So let's let's talk about cruises uh, for one more question that we get all the time. And Scott, what would you say are some of the biggest tips for first-time cruisers? And I know, Doug, one of them is make sure you have enough polos for every every dinner. Yeah, make sure you don't wear a T-shirt to dinner, Derek. Okay, got it. <laughs> tip tip fail. One of the best things you can do for yourself and for your family or traveling group is to take a look at the deck plan of whatever ship you're sailing on and kind of get a lay of the lay of the ship, lay of the land to know where things are, know where your dining rooms are, um, know where, you know, kind of find out where your room's going to be. So you kind of have an idea of, you know, do you always have to walk forward to get to the shops and the theater or do you always walk aft to go to cabanas kind of thing? So getting the lay of the land beforehand, being familiar with the layout of the ship will save you so much time. And this is especially true on the dream and fantasy because you could be walking for hours if you get lost. Yeah, that's happen. And if you're, you know, rushing for time, trying to get everybody ready for dinner, you know, you go to one restaurant and you've got another 10 minute walk to the other, to the correct restaurant. So just, you know, sit down with a deck plan, look it over. And the better you know the ship, the less, the more time you can have to actually enjoy your vacation. Because my follow up tip on that for uh, first time is, don't plan. Don't over plan your days. It's a it's a cruise. Relax. Have fun. Be spontaneous. Yeah, I need my wife to hear that tip. She, <laughs> I mean, we're we're all bad. We always yeah. want to maximize. Want to do everything. We want to maximize the experience, but sometimes when you do, I felt when we've tried to maximize it. It's like I'm not having fun. We're going from one activity to the next to the next. Mm-hmm. I just like that spontane spontaneous. My daughter says, hey, do you want to go play shuffleboard? Absolutely. Let's go play shuffleboard. It's out of the blue. Let's go play yeah. putt-putt. We played a little oh. shuffleboard spontaneously uh, when we were overnight in Bermuda, which was weird, by the way, to be <laughs> in port overnight. Just oh, cool, weird. I got off the ship to try to take some pictures of the ship mm-hmm. at night, and I did not walk far enough away to succeed. But I could hear my kids arguing about whether what their score was in shuffleboard all the way on land for like, oh my gosh, that's my children yelling at each <laughs> other. The the Bermudan government's going to come. That's a unique experience being in Port Yeah, Oregon. It is. And uh, that was great. I like that. A um, couple other random cruising questions here, Scott, if you don't <laughs> mind my randomness. Do you think the Fox movies are going to find their way into the Buena Vista Theater lineup? Like, this summer, will I be watching... The last X-Men movie made by Fox, the Phoenix Rising, terrible-looking trailer movie. That That is one of those emails I did send out that I have not gotten back. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I would say, yeah, the potentials, I don't see why not that they can be eventually incorporated, but I got to say the Disney, the core Disney properties yeah. are going to take, you know, priority. It's already enough movies. Yeah, it's, I mean, opening up the on-demand you know, catalog is one thing to bring those in and, but to fill, you know, theater, the theater with even more showings because people want to go see like, you know, people want to see the latest Marvel movie. People mm-hmm. want to see the latest Pixar movie or the live action. Cause that's kind of what it is. It's, there's a live action movie. There's either a star Wars or a Marvel movie plan. You know, there's Pixar animation. So like I said, there's a lot. And especially on a three, three night cruise, there's not much time. No, it's and no hope really. <laughs> But the only ones you could really do that are transatlantic, the long Hawaii cruises and, you know, Panama Canal cruises. Mm, but that's, I, yeah. I don't see why not. not. I mean, you got to imagine they'll probably want to do Avatar given the t- direct that time would, with the parks. That would make total sense, yeah. yeah. We got some time yeah. before that happens. And so. obviously X-Men and Marvel, you know, that goes together. Yeah. It's I mean, they did get Spider-Man uh, mm-hmm. Homecoming in there right, right. away. So I'm hoping to see uh, Spider-Man Far From Home on my European cruise because it comes out while we're in Europe, which is a movie set in Europe. My kids <laughs> have found that, you know, like uh, clearly it was meant to be. Right. So, 
I'm hoping that that fits our schedule. But knowing how the schedule works for the Buena Vista Theater, I'll have to like go to dinner halfway through or something. Like it's like the Buena Vista Theater doesn't know when dinner starts and ends. That's my yeah. And my favorite is they hold back the latest release until it's a you know the evening entertainment one night, yeah. mm-hmm. and then it shows up in the Buena Vista Theater like three times a day. Do you have a, a favorite? You're talking about being busy going from activity to activity. Do you have a favorite type of activity that you or your family likes to do? My daughter likes doing a lot of the craft activities. We also do a lot of trivia together. Trivia, music, it doesn't matter. As long as you know one of the three of us have some little bit of knowledge in whatever trivia it is, we'll go to it. We'll have fun. And win. <laughs> it's been a while since we've won. They're getting, hot. They're getting a lot harder. They have gotten harder. I agree. I we have not won in our last two cruises, Darren. It's, cool. I didn't win. I know. I didn't win this last time either. So, it's, no. it's, we got when we all cruise together, we will form a mega team. Yeah, Disney cruise trivia is a humbling experience now, especially the music one. That one always gets us. That's like there's times where like uh, we look at each other, oh, no idea. And of course, the, there was one time when we were doing music trivia. And the kids were much younger, and our youngest just like yelled out the name of it from High School Musical. We're like, <laughs> you know, half the room had no idea. Like that would have been our song that we got. Nobody else. We're all in this together. Was that it? Because uh, everyone knows. No, it. <laughs> every it was some more. I don't know. It's from High School Musical Two or something, which is like the worst of the High School Didn't Musicals. Didn't watch any of them. I just knew the Congratulations, song. but you've watched all the Descendants. That's so true. Make it up for Descendants it. Three. That's Wish all you. We could watch that on the cruise. I'm sure you can on demand. So I watched it on the pool, the last one on the pool deck on our last cruise. Oh, there we go. That's funnel vision. (laughs) I do love funnel vision, by the way. I do too. You know, I spend our sea days, you know, see when we have a pool sea day, we'll camp out on the pool. You know, at least all morning watching every single movie. It's so relaxing. (laughs) Do you like the funnel vision setup and pool setup better on the, the dream or the magic class? I only asked the hard question, Scott. All right. I I mean, I'm just partial to the Magic class overall. It's my favorite ship, you know, favorite size ship. A lot of my answers default to the classics. So it's, but really, I'm not going to turn down a sea day watching Funnel Vision on any ship. Mm, good point. Good point. All right. Well, Derek, I think it's time for the for lightning round. The lightning round. round. All right, Scott. So this is where we ask you about your favorite Disney or Pixar or whatever it may be um, type of thing here. And you're supposed to give a quick answer, but a lot of times answers need explaining when we look at you (laughs) as if it's crazy talk. Um, We may keep score. We may judge. There are right and wrong answers. Don't worry. Uh, And we have added some bunch of DCL ones. Yep. Yes. So it's a little bit longer lightning round, folks. So buckle up putting scott on the spot here all right what is your favorite disney slash pixar star wars marvel whatever it needs to be movie i go back to my childhood i like bed knobs and broomsticks a lot well that's a oh, new that's, one for the show that is a new one we're, we're entering new territory here I, I grew up on those classic movies you know i wore out the vhs copies that we had it's just that was my connection with disney as a kid were the movies the shows not going to you know i went to the parks a couple times but i didn't live in florida at the time so my connection with disney was through the movies and to clarify for the listeners scott you go to the parks a lot yeah you're you're in the parks quite frequently we didn't mention that yet so you're a big disney fan all around so his answers here he does more than just cruise folks a lot (laughs) more than cruise um when you get onto a ship and you turn on the on demand do you notice yourself going to those classic films and forcing your daughter to watch them no because we do a good job of watching all those movies at home. Okay. Uh, yeah. But we we tend to go to the Marvel movies. Nice. On the ship. It's a good choice. We're, big, we're a Marvel family. And so we'll at least always have one of those going in the room, like kind of one, some downtime between something. We'll just have one playing. So it's Derek, he's a better parent than I am because that one time I forced our children to watch Swiss Family Robinson. Well, that's a great and movie. And everybody- we did it. 
slowly over the course of a seven night cruise where we ran into like the largest swells we've ever <laughs> been on. I mean, it's like the pool shut down type of swells ship. Oh, and of course we were watching a film about a shipwreck. So the kids, <laughs> I think they were five, seven and nine, which is not a good age for shipwrecks and pirates at sea. To, I always wanted to live in that treehouse. Ah, right. I won't oh, go into can. it at the parks. At the parks. <laughs> they, they drop it. Notice. We, <laughs> that is a rope drop for sure. All right. Back to the lightning. We're in the lightning round. I failed there, Derek. That's yep. all my, that's on me. All right. Negative points for Doug. All right. Favorite Disney character. Mickey. However, Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. Ooh, specifically. I like that. I like that. I, I'm a big, I, I like Fantasia. It's one of the soundtracks I listen to a lot. All right. Favorite Disney villain. This was a tough one. I'll be honest. I'm going to go with Thanos. Oh, okay. there you go. Yes. Spoilers. We won't talk yeah, about it because is... that's spoilers, but it's a good one. Yeah. This is, well, this is Infinity War, Thanos. But that was after visiting the Vatican last year on our European cruise. Oh, wait. Now I'm intrigued. What do I need to know about Thanos in the Vatican? There's a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> If you thought, okay. Okay. If you think, yeah. The hallways is the. If you think the flight of passage standby line is, is something. Okay. I I got. No, I thought maybe Thanos is somewhere in the paintings. I was on a wondering ceiling. that as well. I was like, what, is there a statue? Thank you for yeah answering that one. Well, maybe. now I learned something my, new. I asked my was... guide specifically about Thanos, and they're gonna look at me like you're you're crazy. Okay, makes more sense <laughs> thinning the crowds. He's got a point. All right, we're gonna jump into the DCL question. So, favorite ship, Magic, all day long. All right, that was a quick answer. Favorite itinerary, Norway and Iceland, Norwegian fjord and Iceland. Yeah, that that does look good. All right, favorite stage show. It used to be Villains Tonight, but now oh, it's Tank. All right. I, I, Villains Tonight is mine. Tangled is not quite surpassing, probably because my wife likes it so much. I just don't want to agree with her. If that makes sense. I don't want to be on the same page. Tangled um, was the first real movie our daughter watched when, uh, you know, coming of age kind of, not coming of age, but yep. she was old enough to, like, realize it was a movie that we were watching or anticipated going to with trailers and whatnot. Makes sense. It's yeah. Fam- it's another family favorite. So Yeah. All right, favorite DCL activity. I kind of already asked this earlier. I failed. Well, the favorite is relaxing. Relaxing, perfect. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, favorite DCL main dining room. Tiana's place on the Wonder. Mm, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I think Tangle tried, but did not quite capture the magic. It's something Tiana's. Yeah, part of it is you see a lot of you've got a lot more Tangled elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You get the stage show. It's, it's a kind of familiar property. There's not much uh, Princess and the Frog stuff. No. I agree. And it's a great show. Great evening entertainment. And good music. My Our table is right up by the stage when we were on mm-hmm. the Wonderlast, which turned into like a toddler mosh pit. All right. And it's hard not to beat the beignets for dessert. True. Derek, didn't your kid go <laughs> up near the stage on a... Are you on the Wonder or the Magic? You were on the Magic. I was magic. on the Magic. Didn't, didn't Olivia go up by the stage for the Tangled show? Uh, close Join enough. The, and the fit... child mosh pit. No, there, she was the... like one of only children up there. Oh, and then so it didn't have the mosh pit. Like, they did not have know. a mash, mosh pit, and Flynn Rider actually grabbed her hand and took her around the restaurant. Okay. Oh, how sweet. All right, back to the parks. Favorite Disney park? Epcot. All right. Favorite classic attraction? it's a real tie between Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Good choices. Yeah. But they pre fast pass days. It's true. Now there's a line. <laughs> I don't like lines. Once again, Thanos, he knew what he's talking about. All right. Favorite modern attraction. It's hard not to say flight of passage. Agreed. With Surprisingly, like some people don't. Well, with fast pass too. Well, that's part of the modern. That's part of, that's part of it. All right, favorite Disney resort? Wilderness Lodge. Nice. All right, favorite counter service? Amaret's Patisserie at Disney Springs. They have sandwiches, and they're very good. I did not know they had sandwiches. 
they're mostly desserts though right they're like yes. cakes and delicious desserts but they do have sandwiches and they're good putting that on the list all right favorite disney snack i would say some ice cream from artisans to glace at epcot mm. not much of a snacker but that's about the ice cream favorite disney drink and why don't we do one in the parks one on the ship all right i would say the cava negroni the cava tequila it's their own little house made negroni uh the ship i would go with the porthole if you google a porthole it's the circular device where you put stuff in and you pour some bourbon in it and you kind of infuse it with whatever you've put in the porthole kind of let it sit for a while then you pour it out and sometimes they add another mixer to it but it's delicious it's, okay. and it's a good for two or just a very is there a bar in particular that does the porthole well they've done it i've been able to get it you know promenade lounge okay All i know right, it's, it's still on a menu someplace there's lots of bars on the <laughs> ships it's uh yeah, you, you can't walk too far without bumping into one. They got you covered. All right. And last but not least, a bucket list trip. That Those new uh, Adventures by Disney trips to Egypt. Ooh, that's a good one. Those Egypt, just came out, yeah, too. Yeah, I was okay. just reading that the other day. Egypt has always been on my bucket list in general. Is probably the top place I want to go to in my lifetime. I've always been fascinated by those pyramids and all those documentaries that I've watched as a kid and read about. So yeah, someplace I want to go. No, that's a good answer. Uh, yeah. We haven't had an adventures by Disney one. I don't think yet. I mean, sometimes we just get Disneyland as the bucket list trip. So that's uh I went big and it was timely. <laughs> yeah, it was very timely with the news and you just post about it on your blog. Uh, so good timing there. So I think that uh, sums up the lightning round. You have survived. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for being on the show. And please share with all of our listeners where they can find you. DisneyCruiseLineBlog.com. I'm most active on Twitter at the DCL blog. I, you want to talk, get ask me a question or anything, I'm pretty active there. That's where you'll find me. My favorite thing about your Twitter is that you daily say where the ships are at so I can daily be jealous of where whoever's at <laughs> castaway key that day right that's probably one of my favorite things you do i think i like that almost every day so thank you for making me jealous of wanting to be on a disney cruise and uh, when is your next cruise scott if i may ask it is coming up mid-june we're doing our first ever group cruise on the dream let's see june 19th i think it's a double dip so that'll be fun that will be that will be fun and still got, yes. what, 600 days for me. Jealous of you guys for sure. But if you are looking to book a cruise, we highly recommend using the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She is almost platinum, just like you, Doug. You guys almost. Uh, you guys are almost so there. So uh, thank you again, Scott, for being on the show. We'll put all your information in the show notes. But please take a moment and check out his blog, especially if you're like me and waiting to go on a cruise for an exponential amount of time. Or if you are thinking about doing a first-time cruise, it is a great resource to have and, of course, book it through Michelle, and she can answer some of your questions as well. But that is all the time that we have. Again, thank you, Patreons, for supporting the show. Thank you so much for leaving reviews and, of course, following us on social media as well at Rope Drop Radio. But for Scott, Doug, I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.